to Genesis. Somebody say amen, Lord. Amen. Chapter 19. And we're going to talk about a woman. They never gives her name. <clears throat> She's just known as Lot's wife. She, remember Lot and Abraham were dwelling together. Now, if you read in the book of Genesis right now, you're going to find out that Lot and Abraham was both rich. Now, Abraham left his father's house. God told him, get away from your father, your family. And he says, go into the place I'll show you. But he made a mistake. He took Lot with him. See, God, listen, you ever seen family members make it in business together? Watch. There's a principle. You ever saw, you know, when you get into business, don't take a brother or sister or whatever and try to make it work. It won't. You ever saw a business make it where family members are trying to run it together? There's always strife. There's always this. There's always fighting. There's always, you know. Listen, it's not going to work till somebody says, I'm wrong. Till somebody says, you run it. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? So Lot, Abraham takes Lot with him. And they're going to, they're going to Canaan, which today would be called modern Israel. All right? They're going to Canaan. And they got so much stuff. They're, they're both so rich, Sister Wani. They got so much stuff. Their people are fighting among one another. <laughs> That's why it's not too good to let a church get too big. <laughs> Come on. Because you got one side that wants it one way. And you got another side that wants it that way. And you got kind of like a a Republican-Democrat problem. They can't get along. They can't agree. And what happens, strife comes because nobody wants to admit they're wrong. Well, I believe I can hear from the Lord just as good as you. I can believe I can hear from the Lord just as good. So what? What do we do with the Bible says? Why was God trying to tell Lot to get, I mean, Abraham to get away from his father's house? Because his father was an idolater. His family was corrupt. God was pulling Abraham out of, out of, out of uh, the Ur and the Chaldeans, the place where he was dwelling, so he, God, God could speak to him. Oh. <laughs> I said he pulled him out of that place so he, God could speak to him. It's hard to hear from the Lord in a, in a place of sin. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh. It's hard to hear from God where sin is present. Because when you start saying there's only one God. Abraham believed God and it was a canon of the right. And he started telling his family, you can't pray to those dumb idols. Who are you? You're better than us? Come on, somebody. You think you're more righteous than us? Do you think you have the only way? Yes, Abraham had the only way. The rest were going to hell. So God had to move Abraham. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Abraham's moving out of there, and he's having trouble with Lot. And he says, Lot, I'll tell you what. I said, you go that way, I'll go this way. He said, you go to the right, I'll go to the left. We can't dwell together. We got too much stuff. 
So all we, we're just going to keep fighting and arguing. So you go one way, and I'll go the other way. And Lot told Abraham, he said, you know what? I'm going pitch my tent toward Sodom. Sodom was wicked. Sodom was evil. Gomorrah. Full of homosexuals. Full of idolaters. Wickedness was raging. And, and all Lot said, the Bible says, Lot pitched his tent towards Sodom. He wasn't in Sodom. Right? He's looking to prosper among the ungodly. Oh, come on, Jesus. He's looking to prosper among the wicked. I don't have to go to that church just so I get some of their money. You get what I'm saying? I don't have to be part of them just so I can prosper from their, their wealth. But after a while, he was in Sodom. Listen, you play with sin long enough. I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to be in it. You think you can get that close to sin and not get it, get in trouble? You're, you, got, you got problems. You think you can get that next door to sin and not affect your life? You better watch it. No, ma'am. No, sir. God calls us out of that stuff. So all of a sudden, Lot's in Sodom. His family, his wife, his children, they're living in Sodom. Uh, two angels come and they appear to Abraham. And they go to Abraham and, and they, they, Abraham makes a meal for him. If you read the book of Genesis, you're going to see he prepares a, 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 a calf or a goat. Or, and, he, and, he, and he's fixing this meal for him. And one of the angels, I believe, is the Lord Jesus. Because <laughs> there's one of them that spoke out and he recognized him. He said, shall I hide from Abraham what I intend to do? I saw the sins of Sodom. And the people are wicked exceedingly. I'm going to go down there and to see if what, my God, if what I hear is, come on, Jesus. For the cries of the sins of these wicked people are in my ears. But I'll preach. When I look at America, when they're shaking their fists in God's face, pushing all manner of ungodliness and blaspheming, y'all. God's going to come down. I'm going to go down there and see if I can... If it's all together is what I heard. And you remember Abraham had his nephew in Sodom. And he's, he's pretty much arguing with God, disputing with God. He said, God, Father, Lord, he says, if there's not 50 righteous in that city, will you not spare it for this 50 righteous sake? He, said, he told Abraham, he said, if I find 50 righteous, I'll spare the place for the 50. I believe today that's why America's still standing. Because there's more than 50 righteous in America. There's a lot of godly people in this country that are still standing up for truth. They're still standing up for holiness. They're still standing up living a holy life. He said, if I, he said, if I find 50, I'll, I'll spare it. Then he went down all the way down to 10. Abraham thought to himself, there had got to at least be 10 people saved in that city. <laughs> There's got to be at least 10 people that know God. He says, shall not the God of all the earth do what is right? Abraham told the Lord. He said, if I find 10, I'll spare it for the 10th sake. So he goes to Sodom. These angels go to Sodom. And Lot's at the gate of the city. And then they believe that Lot had actually become like a governor of some sort. 
or some kind of elected whatever. And he, she was at the gate of the city. And when he seen these two angels, he recognized who they were. He, he, they wasn't like the wicked people that were coming in and out of Sodom. They were, they were something about them. So he bowed down and worshipped them. And he said, come into my house. He said, well, they said we'll, we'll sleep in the city tonight. So oh, no, you don't want to sleep in the city. I mean, coming to my house, Lot knew what these people would try to do. One thing about Lot, he, he, there was something still inside of him that's, that was seeking for God, but he was living in such, the Bible says he was vexed with the filthy conversation of the ungodly. It means that it affected his life. His thinking was changing. His, his attitude was changing. How he judged things were changing. Everything he did about his life was, was changing. So Lot brought, the, Lot brought the two angels into his house. And the people saw that. And they came to break Lot's door down. They said, bring in these men out that we may know them. They wanted to rape them. They were sodomites, homosexuals. They wanted to rape them, right? Bring them out that we may know them. And Lot offered them his two daughters. Lot got a problem. He said, do with them as you want. But don't do nothing to these men. Then they started forcing Lot to get in Lot's house. And all of a sudden, the angel stepped out. He said, push Lot aside and struck these people with blindness. And they couldn't find their way. He said, go get your sons and your daughters. Go get them out of this place because God's going to destroy it. Why do you hold on to some things? <laughs> Come on, you ever stop and wonder, why do we hold on to the things of this world? What was, what was grabbing Lot? What was wrong with Lot? This godly man, this righteous man, what happened to him, Brother Allen? And, he, and he's struggling. He says, the angels have to end up pulling him out, dragging him out of Sodom. And he gave him a warning, do not look behind you angel said when you leave here don't even look behind you go lest you be consumed in the city and i can't get into all the details you know people say well, he, he had other daughters and other sons and people say well his two daughters were virgins and they had husbands and, 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 and they never knew them he might have other daughters that were still in the city i don't know but you have to read the story i kind of think they were so perverted they didn't even have their own wives they were sleeping with one another. Read the story. Well, how could anyone in there? And they pulled these people out. So get out of here. God's going to judge this place. My Lord, do you see it? Do you see what we see today? When we turn the television on and they got people crying for the murdering of these little babies. There's not enough to kill 60 million in the last 50 years. They want more blood. They're pushing their stuff up there, homosexuals and lesbians and perverts, and what do you call it, transgender, whatever you call them, people. Let's tell you something. They are sick. Their minds are sick. I don't care how you put it up, put it up through politicians and put it up through the culture. It's still sin. It, it never changed. I was looking at it, they had some with blue hair and 
uh, uh, pierce this and tattoos on it. Now, if you get born again, that's, that's understandable. I'm talking about the spirit behind these people. You know, I know people that had the, the brother uh, Joey from like, got tattoos all over his head. That's a man, that's a man of God, man. That's something he done when he, when he didn't know God. I, a good little preacher, man. God changed his heart. It's kind of like Jacob. He has to live with that thing, like that limp, you know what I'm saying? But these people, I was watching TV there, and I said, I'm the, I could see Sodom and Gomorrah. I could see them crying for blood. Crying for sexual immortality. Sleeping with other men and other women. Paul said it, they're leaving the natural use of the woman, burning in their lust one for another. It's sin. I had a lady tell me the other day, she was practicing homosexuality for 12 years, lesbian. I said, it was, it's sin. Oh, I don't think it's sin. Yes, I don't care what you think. The Word of God calls it sin. <coughs> I'm not going to get real liked over the internet by saying something like that, but is it true? So they're coming out of Sodom. Don't look behind you. Before I finish reading this, I, I, I should have turned there. Turn to Luke chapter 19, verse 32, and I'm going to come back to, uh, I'm going to come back to, uh, hold, your, hold your finger there. <laughs> Jesus gave a stop warning. And he's, and he, 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 and the reason why, I, this morning when I was worshiping and, and I started saying, we need to go forward. Right? 19, verse 32 says this. Jesus has given us a warning, okay? And when Jesus speaks, we listen. Jesus tells, no, I'm on a miss, no, no, I'm still in the right place. Hold on. God is speaking to us, okay? And He's trying to warn us. I think I lost my, my spot. Well, I'm going to quote it to you, okay? Because I think I'm, I put the wrong verse down. Jesus told the people in His day remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. Why would he tell us to remember Lot's wife? What, what, what's the, what is it about Lot's wife that we need to remember? Come on, somebody. She's coming out of Sodom. And the angels are warning her, do not look behind you. And they get so far, and they end up in another city because Lot was arguing the case that he couldn't go into the mountain like God commanded him. So he wanted to go, God spared the city of Zor. And they went in there, and she turned around. And guess what happened? She turned to a pillar of salt. Go back to chapter uh, 19 of, of, of uh, Genesis. Why would God tell us to remember Lot's wife? I'm going to show you. Yeah, Luke 17. I put the, it is 17. My 17, not my, I didn't put a loop around my... <laughs> Luke 17, verse 32. Go back to Luke, Genesis 19. 
See, I, I told you I'm a scratchy preacher. I just scratch it and preach it. And I put my, myself, it looks like a nine. <laughs> Hallelujah. Genesis. 19. Verses 12. So we're looking at Lot's wife. And Jesus gives us a warning about her in Luke 17, 32. I'm sorry. And we wonder why would Jesus give that? Listen, when Jesus speaks, we listen. And we're looking at the world today, and we look at the church world, for, for instance. They got, they're ordaining lesbians right now and homosexuals to be priests and preachers. Leaders in the church. Remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. He's talking about the very woman I'm fixing to give you the story about. Well, he says it here. I want to go a little slow this morning. I want you to hear it. Then the men said to Lot, have you anyone here? This is the angels talking to Lot. Here, son-in-laws, your sons, your daughters, whomsoever you have in the city, take them out of this place. For we will destroy this place. Hmm. Because the outcry against them has grown great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has set us to destroy it. When God has enough, he has enough. When God is fed up, God don't get fed up. Yes, he does. There's a mercy line where God is, listen, Lot could have been an evangelist and tried to reach these people, but he didn't. He, grew, he, he got in there, and he became part of them. He, he even called them brothering. The homosexuals, the, the lesbians, the idolaters. He, he identified them as his brethren. And he said, Lot went out and spoke to his son-in-laws who had married his daughters. And you see what I'm saying? It's either he had more daughters that didn't want to come out or more sons that want to come out. Or these two daughters that he had were married and never knew their husbands because they were homosexual. Lot probably was some kind of governor or some, like some kind of leader, and they maybe took them girls as, as, as a, you know, to advance themselves in the city. Lot had maybe become pretty powerful in, in, in Sodom. And that's just, I'm saying that, okay? Because I'm seeing that he had other daughters. He talks about daughters and sons-in-laws and other sons. But they were left in the city because they didn't believe him, Right? <laughs> He says, for well, the Lord has destroyed his spirit because, I'm going to go back to verse 14. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-laws who had married his daughters and said, get up out of this place for the Lord will destroy this city. But his son-in-laws, to his son-in-laws, he seemed to be a joke, a laugh, a mock. I remember a story not too far from this one in chapter Six, where Noah was told to build an ark. And, and, and Noah, Noah, you know, I could about imagine he's building this big old boat. And he's hammering him and his three sons and, and he's being mocked. How stupid. A man building a boat on dry land. How, what are you going to float it on to do? So I can hear the cry the Bible don't necessarily say that, but you can know sinners will mock the righteous. 
They will mock when you say judgment is coming. They'll mock when you say the rapture's fixing to happen. Get saved. Get, on the, get in the ark. Get outside them. Find a place where you can be safe. But you see, their lives were all set up. You know, their lives, they were, they were living their lives. They were, they were living the perverted lives. They, were, they didn't think nothing would have never ended. But God said he would destroy it. You know, if you read in the book of you know, Jude and verse Peter, it talks about Sodom and Gomorrah. They were given, for example, that we shouldn't follow after their ways. Ooh. I don't know about you, but America is about on the bottom of the barrel because we will not stand for righteousness anymore. Even preachers and churches won't stand. Some of them say they won't even mention sin in their church because we don't want people to get sin conscious. That's, 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 they, they, they say that, not me. We don't want people to feel uncomfortable in their lives, so we just want them to feel good and happy and let them know God's going to take care of everything and don't worry about sin. Lot had given them. He might have got in there and said something to begin, but he got just like them. He, he, he started thinking like they think. He started accepting what they was accepting. Why did he leave the city earlier? Why took God's angels to come and warn him and pull him out? He knew what was right. What was keeping Lot and his wife and his family in that city? Sin. The lust of the flesh. The lust of the eye. And the pride of life. Somebody say, you're preaching good, brother Lanny. Keep on. <laughs> Watch. <laughs> so he... They have to drag him out. Did, listen, Lot didn't go willingly. Maybe he was trying to save his sons or his extra daughters or trying to save his family. But he, they had to pull him out. They, the angels dragged him out of that city. If it's bad when God has to drag you out of your sin, right? Kicking and Jesus told Paul when Paul was converted and, and appeared to him, he said, it's hard for you to kick against a prick. What was a prick? A prick was something that would drive sheep. You ever seen him And you poke them, make them go. And, and sometimes, you're, have you ever done that? God started to stop it, God. I don't, you ever done that? You ever kicked again? Oh, we might have been physically kicking. Our spirit we kicked. I remember a little fellow years ago, it was a very, this very church. Oh, he was, he was a, you know what I'm saying? I don't love the Lord. I said, you know what your problem is? I said, you love your sin. You love it. You, you don't want to get rid of it because you love it. You like sinning. You like your sin. And he said, get your stuff. Get out. Run. But if we have preachers today, run from sin. Stop lying to God and making God believe you're something when you're nothing. God don't need you. Run. Run. Well, I, I, I'm, you know, we, 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 we got all these excuses. Why are we... You know, I, I had a lady tell me uh, two days ago, I like my ca occasional drinking. It's sin. Things that destroy your body, it's sin. I'm, I'm not going to hold it. Nicotine, alcohol, all that stuff is sin. Because it's destroying something inside of you, the temple of God. Come on, somebody. Then I know sometimes it's hard. 
And I know you battling with it. I'm not knocking people that's trying to do something. About it, but just to say, I like it. I'm going to keep it. God's going to grab you by the hand. Get away from it. Come get away. God is calling us out to be a holy people, right? Sodom is wicked. I don't want to be doing what the, the people of Sodom are doing. And God pulls him out. And his wife looks back. Why did she look back? Because you know why? I'm going to shock you. Her heart was still in that city. She was leaving what she loved. My God, come on, Holy Ghost. She liked that city. She liked the sin that was in that city. She liked the lust and, and she liked what she saw. We were comfortable there a lot. We could do what we wanted. There was no preacher telling us what we can and cannot do. And I'm just using that for a phrase. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to bring it down to our level. We, we, we like. We had a home there. You had a big job there. You, you had money. We drove the best cars a lot. <laughs> we, went, we, had a, we had the best of everything a lot. Why? You made us leave. <laughs> and she looked back at what she loved. My Lord, y'all better open your eyes, praise God. She loved that sin. She loved that place of sin. She loved what, she, what they were doing there. Because as long as she followed Uncle Abraham and went to church, there was just division. They were fighting each other. We had to get her out of church. <laughs> Come on. We had to get away from God to enjoy life. Oh, how deceptive Satan is when he goes to deceive. There's not a person in here, a person, I don't even believe that there's not a person in this church that don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. But you're not exempt from being tempted. And Satan is going to paint a picture for you that's going to sound so good. He's going to tell like he told Eve, said, God just don't want you to know the day you eat thereof, you can become like God. Knowing good and evil. See, before Adam and Eve sinned, they only knew good. See what I'm saying? They followed God's voice. See, when you get out of following God's voice and you go your way and pitch your, your tent towards Sodom. Remember, he wasn't in Sodom to start off with. He was just at, at the foot of Sodom. Remember Lot's wife. Why, why did she turn back? It was curiosity? Was it just she was curious to see what was happening? Or, or was it because she was still there? She was physically with Lot, but she, she was still in Sodom. And then you know, I look at stuff again, I weed it out because there's, these were real people. And they had real emotions. And they had real passions, and they had real desires, and real temptations, right? These are not made-up people. These are people that lived on this planet and faced temptation like we do and faced trials like we do. But when you play with sin and you allow it to come into your life, I'm not saying any of you. You know what I'm saying. It's a warning. Don't look back. Turn with me real quick, and I wrote this down. Philippians chapter 3. 
Verse 13. I'm almost finished already. But I want you to leave with something, okay? You know, when I think of this very church right here, this, this ministry, the things that we heard in this building to warn us, okay? Some of us heeded to it, some did. Some blamed other people why they wasn't living right and how, why they were failing. Oh, it was brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so and that one and this one and that one. Let me tell you something. I will not let you determine my faith. And I'm not being smart aleck by it. I'm not trying to be, sound harsh. i got to make a decision, Sister Juanita, in my life that I'm going to follow God, right? And I'm not going to let a man or a woman or a preacher or a church Decide what I'm going to do with God. There's people that speak into your life. That speak faith into your life. I'm, not, I'm talking about saying, but you think you're better than them? You think you're more holy? No. But I know I'm going to trust God. See, that's what gets church people nervous. When somebody just comes to the Lord and they outgrow the people that have been sitting there for 50 years. I don't want you around dead people. Listen, you want to go to a cemetery, visit your loved one, that's fine. But don't stay there. You know why? You're not going to get any voice. You're not going to get any warmth. You're not going to get any encouragement. You're not going to get anything. They're dead. <laughs> Come on. So don't hang around dead people. <laughs> Come on, Holy Ghost. I said don't hang around. Hang around live people. Listen. They have some dear people in the old folks' home today, and old people, they, they, they're lonely. I know that. But they're not going to give the same vibrant as you'd be a young boy like uh, Boogie and, and the Lord. And, and people. They, they, they're more alive. They're more younger. they got more... Uh... Yeah. These old people's lives are just about ending. And believe me, if you're looking for wisdom, you're probably getting more from them because they know they've been through it. They'll tell you not to do something and do this and tell you how it, what it did in their life. If you can find somebody that lived over 100 years old, sit down and talk with them a little while. Oh, you're going to hear some stories, buddy. You're going to hear what they've done, how hard they worked, how they strived, and how they, you see, they said, most of the time, that's what they're going to tell you. I've had one, I've, I've saw one on TV, they got the 90 plus on Channel 10 or whatever they show. People live over 90. One lady said, I just believe God. <laughs> you know, I said, come on. <laughs> you ain't going to make it <laughs> around dead people. Right? Dead people, people go visit the cemetery to be next. You know, a lot of times, I, I, I used to, I said, well, no. The reason why they're going there because they want to be near the person they spend their life with. The physical part, the body is there. And that was the part that they were attached to, right? Somebody wants to go weep at a grave, not to pray to them, but they're lonely. Sometimes it releases the hurt. Abraham did that when he, he bought Sarah a grave. He bought a nice place to bury Sarah, and he was buried. He would go visit that place. He would go sit there. And he, he, Sarah couldn't see him, but he, in inside, he, he was attracted to that, that body, that person that was in that grave. Though she was with the Lord or wherever she was at. 
But I don't want to get off into that. I'm saying that don't hang around dead people. Come on, because you'll die. I'm talking about spiritually. When I hear people make excuses for sin, I just assume get away from them. Seriously, I, I, I don't want to make excuses for it, for my life. When I look at this one right here, Paul said it like this. Verse 13. He said, brother, talking to the church, okay? I do not count myself to have comprehended, but this one thing I do. Somebody read it for me. Okay. Forgetting those things that are behind me and looking forward <laughs> for those things that are ahead of me, or in front of me. Press toward the mark for the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He's you known the mark was heaven. He was going to set himself back. Everything, if anybody had to feel regret and, 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 and guilt, it's Paul. He's the one that killed Christians, locked them up in prison. Remember that? Put them in chains and stocks, had them murdered. I'm pretty sure he stopped sometimes and said, you know, God, how, how could I kill your children? How could I put them in prison? But he said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to forget those things behind me. Press forward for those things that are ahead of me. Press forward the mark of the high calling of God. You know what Paul said? I ain't looking back. <laughs> Come on, Holy Ghost. I'm not looking in the back. I'm looking forward. I'm not looking to, to my old life, my phase of the past. I'm looking forward. I'm not going to turn back and regret what I left in this world. It was killing me. <clears throat> I'm going to ask you to look, not look back, but... <laughs> Look at what's happening today. And I look at the world, okay? Do you think it has any peace in it? Do you think it has any hope? Any assurance of eternal life? Is there a, the only world, the only songs the world is singing is songs of death. They're singing songs of depression and defeat. There's no life in what the world is singing and what the world is watching, what the world is doing. When you look at today's life, you look at the side today, and read that very passage in, in a Genesis. And Jesus said it in chapter 17 of Luke, verse 32, when he said, remember Lot's wife. Paul said, I'm going forward. I'm not looking back behind me. Lot's wife looked back. What was she looking back for? What she, what was she looking? Maybe she was looking for her children, maybe, that was coming out. You never know. No, I don't believe that. I believe she was looking back on what she regret leaving. She loved Sodom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she loved the sin of Sodom. She had it made there. She was doing They were doing everything their hearts desire was to do. I want to ask you a question. What was wrong with Lot? This godly man? Why wasn't Lot dragging his family out before the angels came? Couldn't he see? Couldn't, yeah. Well, that's what it is. We get comfortable the same way. I'm not saying... This, none of you might be doing anything sinful in the sense where I'm saying. But you can't look at the past and say it was easier doing those things. 
It was easy when I didn't have to go to church, when I didn't have to pray, and I didn't have to read my Bible, I didn't have to obey God. You know, we went where we wanted, we, we drank what we wanted, we walked where we wanted, we did what we wanted. Nobody bothered us. <laughs> we just live in a happy Sodom and Gomorrah life. You might not have been a Sodomite, but you were drunk. You might not have been a Sodomite, but you hated somebody. You might have been a Sodomite, but you, you went around with the sinners and you did and dr- drank and partied with them and just lived a, a life of sin. How many women today don't have no husbands because of Sodom? How many wives today don't have no husbands because of Sodom? <laughs> How many husbands don't have no wives because of Sodom? How many little babies been murdered because of Sodom? Through the death, sacrifice of precious babies. Don't look back. Because I don't want that. I have a, I have a hope. I was thinking about that. I'm going to be 60 years old in a couple of months, <laughs> weeks. <laughs> and I, I thought about it. I've lived a good life so far. 60 is pretty good. If I can live another 40 years, I mean, I'll be 100. You know, but I stopped and I've done lived half of my life, Brother Alan. Some of you are a little bit close. And I've been really thinking about, you know, God, Lord, it's coming. If the rapture don't happen, if it doesn't happen, I'm going to meet you in the next 30, 40 years maybe. And what would I be leaving my family with? We were talking about that last night. How, what kind of example am I setting for my children? When I stand before God, when I face my death, my, 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 my ending of my life, and I'm laying on my back knowing I'm fixing to meet my Lord, and I look in Janice's face, and I know I'm not going to see her anymore until she comes to meet me, or she's the vice versa. I want to look at her and say, you know, I'm happy that I had a good wife. I'm happy I th- we learned the Word of God together. I'm happy that my, you know, my children, I taught them the Word of God. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, I want to leave that. If I can leave them with that faith that kept me going, I can leave them millions of dollars. They'll end up in hell. The, listen, we think we got to give them material things to make them rich and make them comfortable on this earth. I don't want them comfortable on this earth. Come on, somebody. I don't want them feeling good and safe and secure in their sin. I want them to get out. Come on, listen, I want them to get out. I want them to leave Sodom because God is fixing to destroy it. Amen. Turn with me to Jude real quick and I'm finishing. That's it. <laughs> I promise. Jude, real quick. This is a start warning from Jude. Believe it's the Lord's, the Lord's actual brother. Jude was Jesus' brother. This was actually Mary's son. For those that think Mary didn't have no children, Jude was Jesus' brother. And you want to know what the world is. And believe me, I'm, I'm almost finished. I want you to see what apostasy Listen, there's something more dangerous than the politics in America, and that's the apostate church. 
Let's stop preaching the truth. When a preacher tells you sin is, not, sin is irrelevant, run. Because the same sinful heart that destroyed the days of Noah and destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah that caused God got angry enough to where he burned five cities along the Dead Sea to ashes. You can still find the remnants today. They find pieces of sulfite that, 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 that causes, you know what I'm saying? Come from volcanoes and stuff. Right in the same sites. God was mad. God was angry. All right? He said this in uh, verse, I'm going to read verse 20 first. Then I'm going to. Hallelujah. No, I'm sorry. Let's read verse 14 first. Then I'll read verse 20. Verse 14. Now Enoch. This was the Enoch of Genesis. This was the seventh from Adam. <laughs> Prophesied about these men. Talk about ungodly men living ungodly lives. Teaching ungodly things. Saying it's okay. You can sin. Right? Do you know there's a satanic Bible in America? Eitan LaVey is the author of the satanic Bible. I think came out in the late 60s, early 60s maybe. And he has a verse in there. Do what you will. That was, I heard that years ago. I said, man. He's saying, whatever that feels good, do it. Whatever your flesh wants, do it. Come on, somebody. Listen, the flesh can have a, 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 a passion fit. You know, if you want to. Dream about or sleep with somebody, do it. If you want to ruin somebody's marriage, do it. If you want to lie, do it. That comes from the Satanic Bible. And this man was wicked. Come on, he influenced people like the Beatles, the movement in the 60s, the, uh, the hippie movement. That was all influenced by Eitan LaVey which was a, the, the chief priest Satanist in America, which he took his thing from Aleister Crowley, which Aleister Crowley was, was the wicked, he was from England, I believe he was. And he, he was a um, chief Satanist. He was 37 years old. He looked like he was 70 years old. That's what serving the devil will make you do to you. And he, and he, he came up with this philosophy of Satanism. Some of our leaders in this country are Satanists. They're sold on the Satan. Listen, if you want to be a trend, do it. Nothing wrong with it. You want to be homosexual? Ray, do it. You want to be a lesbian? Do it. You want to murder your baby? Do it. It's your choice. But they never tell you the consequence of it. The Supreme Judge ordered their destruction. Right? Let me read you this verse. Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men, also saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. And it's going to be, I'm going to be one of them. <laughs> I'm coming back with him. I'm going to be one of those horses, riding those horses. I'm sorry, I'm not a horse, but I'll be riding one of them white horses. <laughs> He's coming back with ten thousands of his saints to have a church meeting. No, that's not what it says, huh? 
to, to, we all love one another and overlook everybody's faults. And God's going to love us too. That's not what it says. Huh? It says he's coming back to execute judgment on all. To convict all who ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed in an ungodly way. I mean, in New King James, of all their harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Oh, but that don't, that, listen, I need a, a church of love. I need a church that says, sin, listen, you, you think I'm crazy. They got churches that won't even mention or read that verse. God's coming back to judge sin. As he judged it in the days of Noah, as he judged it in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, he's going to judge it again. He's coming back with ten thousands of his saints. He's coming back to judge the world of its sin. Oh, Brother Lane, you, you, you're just trying to make people feel uncomfortable. Yes. I want you I'm not saying none of y'all living in sin, but I'm saying that don't be bought up to the slide that it's okay now. And they even use the blood of Jesus with the grace message and cover a multitude to try to hide all sin. Yes, it causes a multitude of sin that's unrepented. It's repented of, I'm sorry. But it doesn't cover unrepented. Grace don't cover unrepented sin. Never. Not nowhere in this Bible as it says that. But you're a child of God. God won't judge you. Listen, you're living in sin. Yes, he will. And I know people listening by the internet, it's going to happen. God is coming back with to judge this earth. Jesus is coming to set up his kingdom for a thousand years on this very planet. And he's coming to judge the world. Ungodly men are be judging. They will be judged. There won't be this mockery you see on the television where everybody are, are saying, we got our rights. We can choose to, to, and you know you know what I'm talking about? We can choose to murder our baby. I mean, uh, abort our babies if you want. It's our body. There won't be that argument, praise God. We can choose to flaunt our perverted lifestyles and lesbianism and homosexuality and all this other perverted stuff you see on TV. No, you can't. You're going to stand before the supreme judge. You are dead, and you're destined to eternal judgment. That's the, that's the Bible. That's what judgment does. He didn't say he was coming back to bless them. He said he was going to judge them. Let me read one more thing. Verse uh, 20. But for you that are here today, that are hearing this message, and those on the internet, this is, there's a hope in this verse, this, this, this uh, little book. But to you, 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 all of us, Beloved, build yourself upon your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. Keep yourself in the love of God. Looking for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ unto what? Eternal life. Keep yourself in your most holy. Hold this book. And this word as your source and strength. Don't listen to people. That's how I get up. Don't listen to what men have to say. Listen to God's word. I'm going to tell you what. This is like a, a shield, man. 
when the enemy is going to throw his fiery darts at you, that's going to be your protector. The shield of faith, the sword, the word of God, the sword, the word that keeps you in faith. Don't never put that book down. Don't accept somebody else's lie. If it's not in here, it's a lie. That's too simple, brother. I'm telling you, if it's not in this book, golly, I'm losing everything. <laughs> if it's not in this book, it's a lie. You mean to tell me if I believe the Bible, I can save myself from all this stuff? Yes. No man will come after you. God is with you. See, when you got God on your side, you're the majority, not the minority. Because there ain't a man on this planet, Brother Allen, that ever faced God and didn't die. <laughs> the men that shook their fists, the Hitlers and the, and, uh, and the Mussolinis and all these people, the, uh, all these, uh, these rulers, the uh, Roman emperors, and, and I can go all the way down to Nebuchadnezzar, all through history, Alexander the Great. They all died. And today they're paying for their sin. Because they did not trust in the God of this book. This is your life. Come on, somebody. This is the truth. God's word is going to deliver you and set you free. My God. What a, what? I said God's word is going to deliver you and set you free. Stand up, praise God. I want to ask you today. Are you trusting in this word? Oh, that's right. We got us. We have, we're going to take communion, okay? Uh, and we, I'm going to try to do it once a month. I'm not trying to get religious with it, but we need to remember what this book's about. <laughs> it's, it's Jesus Christ and what he did 2,000 years ago that paid the price that we can live and make it to eternity. This is just not a cracker and grape juice. This is a symbol of something. And it's a symbol of the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus. If I didn't have that, Brother Allen, and all of y'all back there, if I didn't have that faith, this is useless. That everything we're saying this morning links upon what Jesus did at the cross.